It's Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700 making our move on Monday as we'll be going to drive time for until 6 o'clock. Myself along with Ken Miller will be doing a show from noon to 2, the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon. That starts up on Monday. So some changes, Wolfgang, and uh, well, we'll still have chances to c- converse. That'll be good. Always love talking Hawkeyes with you. That's right. Seems to go easy. You know, in the summer you'd think it would not. You'd be like, what the bleep are we going to talk about? But it always seems to go fast. We have a, you know, talk Hawks, clones, um, stuff of the day. So, it, yeah, it's surprisingly easier than I thought it would be. Obviously, three hours, that's a little tougher. But for an hour, I think, you know, it's, I think it goes a little bit easier than I had thought. Yeah, we've, uh, we always find something to talk about. It's always a good time talking with you. And, you know, Wolfgang, as we get ready for this football season, high school football kicking off with week one tonight, I'll be out in Waukee, Urbandale making their way over for our Central Iowa game of the week. And then it's game week for Iowa, Iowa State, you and I next week in a big lead up to the season. Where are you at with the Hawkeyes and Cyclones, respectively? You know, we'll make our official predictions next week. You on the Hawkeye side, you're usually at least uh, a little bit more optimistic than I am. Let's start with the Hawkeyes. Where are you, your overview of this team as we look at it today? Well, you're probably not going to believe this, and I may have to turn in my Hawkeye card, Trent, but guess where I'm going for the first game? You and I, Iowa State? Yeah. Nothing wrong with we that. Got, we, we got really good tickets from... Uh, the same guy that got us uh, four seats for the uh, for Hilton, and we're actually going to head there. We're going to watch the Iowa game first, and then head over to that. Mm-hmm. And then I hope to hit a number of the Iowa games later. But I'm hitting the Iowa State UNI game later. Have you lost a lot of respect? You're going to have to change your Twitter name to Wolfgang Cyclone here pretty <laughs> soon. The way the route that you're heading. Look at you, Wolfgang. The the folks over at Hawkeye Nation are going to be none too pleased with Wolfgang <laughs> making his way to you at Iowa State up at Jack Trice. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I haven't been to a game there in a while, okay. and I like seeing what other stadiums have. It's been, it's literally been since Avian Banks and Tim Dwight were there that I've been there. Wow. So I can't wait to see like the new, the new stadium aspect. Um, oh, what, what do they call that? I actually met the guy out at Clear Lake who, uh, who I can't believe I don't remember his name. He's a politician and uh, funded it. I'm looking forward to seeing that, um, but I will be watching the Iowa game obviously um, to see. Um, <clears throat> what we've got as far as where do i see i what do i see them doing um i like talking vegas odds with you because i i know you know your stuff looking down at it um it's interesting wyoming's a win iowa state's a win that's two and oh north texas is a win that's three and oh penn state's a loss three and one at michigan state he's we've i think you told me they'd be an underdog right which one at Michigan State? I mean, yeah. It's it's a coin flip kind of game. I, I would guess Michigan State will be a slight favorite in it. Okay, there's 3-2 and two. Illinois. There's 4-2 and two. at Northwestern. There's 4-3. and three. Minnesota, 5-3. and three. Ohio State, 5-4. and four. At Wisconsin, 5-5. Five and five. Purdue, 6-5. and five. At Nebraska, 6-6. Six and six. So, that, so the reason that you're saying 6-6 six and six and so many people are, I get it. But there are certain things to be excited about this team about. I Did you hear some of the quotes coming out about Iowa's defensive line? Mm-hmm. If that is the case, I wasn't expecting that. Remember when I was telling you about Rob, Hart, Rob Howe's article on top 10, you know, uh, 
players that are indispensable, I think is how he phrased it. Right. Um, you think I'd get that right with the third time that I brought it up, but <laughs> he brought, he brought that up and, um, I was saying Budgeta and I was like, I was really kind of worried about the defensive line a little bit, but it sounds like the defensive line is coming on. And if that's the case, that's where, when Iowa has good defensive lines and line play, look out. That, that really pumped me up and I might be changing a little bit of my win total here. I don't know. Did that even phase you at all, or is that coach talk? Um, you know, Phil Parker, normally you don't hear a lot of, you know, pumping people up in that capacity. They always drop nuggets, little hints, but to hear like that, hear the depth that they have, I, I'm still a bit concerned inside. You know, where Budgeta is coming back from what turned out to be a pretty substantial injury a year ago. You know, if, if he's going to be at full capacity in there, what they're going to get out of Lattimore, and, you know, inside is concerning. But outside, absolutely not. You know, Matt Nelson makes a move inside. Sounds like he's going to play a lot more defensive tackle. They're talking about having Hesse in there, third down situations. He can play Epinesa. The depth is certainly there. I mean, you, you know that the depth is there for those positions. But can they hold up? You know, can they physically withstand a team like a Wisconsin that's going to be pounding at a Michigan State, a team that will do very similar things? That's still the concern with me, but the depth component, I'm excited for it. I'm buying in, and I'm starting. I, I rarely do this, but I'm starting to. Whoa, 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 whoa! What's going on here? Are we going back? We that you're hey, that is you are welcome to do that uh-huh. with more knowledge. They, I understand that. I get that. You are not stuck to your opinions that you made a month ago. That's please. right, and I try to stay because this is the time where you're excited for the season. I've talked about it all summer long. I have these thoughts. I'm optimistic they're going to be better than the 6-6 six and six I initially had them pegged throughout the summer. Cautiously optimistic that I was going to be a little bit better. Will, will that be happening? Still to be seen. I'll make my official prediction next week, but I'm leaning the way of adding a win, maybe even two wins, maybe three wins. I don't know. I don't know how crazy I'm going to no, be. But, but I'm, I'm going to have to tune into that. I'm I mean. reading into the hype something that I try to stay away from but there is the one big component. You know, the defensive line, that was great to hear. You know, Phil Parker had mentioned how many passes they knocked down and they never had anything like that before. Same thing that happened at Kids Day, the only open practice that, that the fans and media got to see during August camp was that one. Early on, a lot of knockdown passes. Well, maybe it's just the quarterbacks can't get the ball around. So you can take the positive view, this defensive line is going to be very good, or the concerning view, the quarterback spot, is still a huge question mark, and we still don't know who it's going to be. Well, maybe maybe our defensive ends and defensive linemen make power forwards in the NBA look short right now with how tall they are. It's ridiculous how tall the wingspan with some of the, the Nelsons and then all those guys. It just seems like I can see that happening, but that's also an offensive line thing. They've got to get your hands on you so that doesn't happen. That's In one sense, we're glad to hear that. In another sense, that that worries me a little bit, not really because we know what kind of offensive line we always put together at Iowa, whether it's great or good. I mean, it's very rarely less than good. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking at the 6-6, six and six, which you had maybe a month ago, or you've been just throwing, you know, spitballing that here for, for a number of weeks, mm-hmm. the Michigan State game we talked about, you're saying that's a flip of the coin. I counted that as a loss. Okay, so there's seven. Um I think I did. I put at Northwestern a loss. I believe. Yeah, I did. There's eight. That's not a guaranteed loss. None of these are 
Ohio State's a guaranteed loss. We never beat them. It never happens. Urban Meyer's a sick freak of a coach with Florida, with uh, with Bowling Green, uh, with Utah, where he went undefeated. Do people realize that? He went undefeated at Utah. <laughs> and now what he's done with at Ohio State. The guy is a sick freak of a coach. Do I like him? I don't. But he is a stud of a coach. He can recruit. Um, so we're not beating them. I will say that. Um, and then there's also games that you look at that we have home games. I'm counting Minnesota as a win. Is okay. that a guaranteed win? It's not. No. It's not a, it's not a guaranteed win. And you know, you know a lot about Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm not guaranteeing that as a win, but I will tell you one thing about Minnesota. I've never, never considered this a rivalry. I've never gotten this. Do I like bacon? Do I like Florida Rosedale? Do I like the pig? Yeah. Do I want it? Do I ever even consider them? A freaking rival? Not at all. You know what? He may turn that into a rival. Rivalry. PJ Fleck is trying. He will rankle some feathers, I'm sure. He's incredibly annoying. If you're not a Gopher fan, the guy just drives you up a freaking wall. The Being PJ Fleck, uh, I was able to stomach about, oh, two segments of it, and that's all. I just, I couldn't handle it. The, The guy drives me crazy. He's... It's bad, <laughs> but I'm sure the Gopher fans are probably eating it up, at least a certain percentage of them, but I know there's also the cranky old fellows that said, and we saw this before. We saw this with Tim Beckman. He came in and had all these great ideas of what he was going to do and changing the culture, and he fell flat on his face. Fleck has a better resume than Beckman ever did. Not Tim Beckman. Who am I thinking of now? Tim Beckman was at Illinois. Oh, crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, Tim Beckman was Tim at Brewster. Uh, Tim Brewster. Brewster, there we go. Yeah, yeah they're, they're well, a couple of dopes regardless. But, you know, they <laughs> saw this before. And I do know there's some people up there that say, all right, we need to see it first before we get overly excited about this goofball and what he's trying to do. But I understand what he's doing. I'm sitting here bashing him. I understand if that works for kids, um, the Alabama offensive coordinator from last year and now is taking all these 12 transfers. At, is it FIU or Florida blankety blank? Who cares? Atlantic. Well, He's uh, at Atlantic. Yeah, I don't. We've talked about this a little bit before, not a lot. I don't fall for this stuff. This kind of stuff. Maybe it's just because I'm used to Kirk Ferentz. You could say that that I'm a Kirk Ferentz groupie, and I real I like a guy that looks you in the eyes, and he doesn't promise you anything, but he says if you come in here and work hard and you do your thing, you're going to play. Um, this is the amount of people we put in the NBA or in the NFL in offensive linemen, defensive linemen, tight ends, all the, uh, the tough positions. You'll come in here, you'll work, you will work hard and you will get it done. And that's not, the, I don't like those kind of coaches. They drive me crazy. I just, they make me feel slimy when I'm listening to them. I'm just like wondering what these parents, when they're looking at them, are like, are you serious with this guy? You're buying what he's selling. Man, it's just, some people do not have that. I have that, and I can tell BS when I hear it and smell it. And that guy is complete BS, DJ Fleck. <laughs> I like it, and I hope uh, I hope you come in my line of thinking. You know, we talk about rivalries for Iowa, and here in Central Iowa, for for a lot of people, it's Iowa State. The Iowa Iowa State rivalry is important because of the people that you work with, the people that you know, the connections that people have to Iowa State. In eastern Iowa, Wolfgang, you live there. I lived there for a number of years. Iowa State Mm -hmm. is not very big. It depends on what part of the state you're from. Since I'm from north-central Iowa, there's a few Gopher fans, and I have family up there. I have a couple of my cousins that went to Minnesota. So, you know, we have that back and forth. And depending on where you live, Dubuque, it's Wisconsin. 
You live over in Sioux City. You live in Council Bluffs. It's Nebraska. And it's interesting because you, you try to throw out who's the biggest rival for Iowa. There's no right answer. It's for the individual, for the individual fan, mm-hmm. who they have to deal with. And and for some of it might be Michigan. Now, Michigan doesn't consider Iowa a rival, but it's different for everybody for different reasons. That's yeah, why there's no, there's no easy answer. Iowa love playing them most. Don't you think? We love playing Michigan most because we think we can beat them, and we have so many times. Mm-hmm. Michigan is a – would that maybe be the most fun game because we think we can beat them and have many times or at least kept it very, very close? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so different because the two behemoths are obvious. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan. And mm-hmm. Iowa's had plenty of success against the Wolverines. Ohio State is on a different level. And the frustrating thing is it's not just that Ohio State has been this incredible program. Obviously, they have. But boy, they've, had, they've upset Iowa. They've had teams that shouldn't have won games against the Hawkeyes that knocked them off. Bobby Blanking Olive, we all remember that all too well. There's also that portion of it, getting down 56 nothing out there in Columbus. What was that, back in 95? <laughs> oh, oh, boy, was that hideous. Running by, was it, what was that guy's name? Toast. We called him Toast. Feedback. I can't remember. Oh, just ran by him. Oh, I don't even want to say his name over the air. That would be just not good, you know, for me as a Hawkeye fan. But he was a D-back and just got ran by. It was just like the guy was me. It was embarrassing. And the guy wasn't slow, but I think was it. Are we talking like Galloway back in those days? Joey Galloway, yeah, he was part of that team, absolutely. The 95 Again, team. Again, he's or- one of the fastest of all time. I mean, he's, oh my gosh, he was yeah. so fast. Even the NFL fast, hardcore NFL fast. It's a different level. And even the years that Ohio State hasn't been quite as good, boy, they've, they've looked Iowa, make Iowa look bad different times. Where Michigan, Iowa's had shots. They, they had the ugly game, what was that, four years ago, back in the 4-8 and eight year where Iowa just looked uh, completely outmatched in that game. Outside of that, though, the Hawkeyes have pulled upsets. They've been a better team plenty of times. It's a different kind of rivalry. Plus, the other thing, is the do the goobers out there that are Michigan fans without a connection to the state of Michigan? Those people drive me up a wall. One of my best friends is one of those. Was one of those people. He finally wised up after we got out of high school and figured out. Oh, you know, it's stupid to like Michigan when you're from the state of Iowa and you have no connection to Michigan. You know what? Glenn Rice is not going to buy you a beer when you make your way to Ann Arbor. Knock it off, you dorks. Those people drive me up a wall. You know that. But there has been so many good games. That's why I think it's different with Michigan. Yes, there's, and they're always. It seems like they're always close and fun. I could be wrong on that. I'm I'm not looking at the scores of the last, you know, five years or whatever. But it just seems like it's always fun. We always feel like we have a chance, and they're. I don't know. And I'm sitting here looking up the last ten years. Iowa is ahead of Michigan by five games in Big Ten play. Hmm. So Big Ten play playing mostly the same. You know, mostly the same schedule. Michigan. Iowa, Iowa is better the last 10 years. Not a small sample size by five games. That's huge sample size. 10 years? Love it. We could love it. So Nebraska. We find <laughs> Nebraska. Nebraska behind Iowa. Yep, love it. Okay. This is fun. I have fun looking at, I have, I have fun looking at facts. This is, this is fun. Have, uh, do you know what Kirk Ferentz's record is against Michigan? Do not know. All right, I want to make sure that I have this. Think about how many of those were close. Remember that? Think about how many, even though he didn't win, 
just how close it was. And that's why maybe it's the most fun to me. I don't know, just because, you know, I love their uniforms. I love their history. Bo Schembechler versus Hayden Fry back in the day. Um, Rose Bowl after Rose Bowl back in the day with him and, and Ohio State. But we always have a shot with them. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the number one, number number two back in 85, that will go down in history as uh, no matter what our friend Chad Lysico says. That, I'm sorry, that <laughs> is uh, number one. With Rob Howland, baby. All right. So uh, Kirk Ferentz has faced Michigan 12 times as the head coach of Iowa. Guess what his record is? But don't you almost throw away a number of those? Because we were bankrupt in talent. Well, remember, they didn't play him his first two years. Okay, that makes it more fair. There yes. we go. No, I don't. So, so, so it starts in 2001. That was the first time that they played. Kirk Ferentz, 7-5 and five in his 12 meetings with Michigan. The 2001 <laughs> game, I still remember it. It happened very close to me uh, over, well, on the same side. I was in the student section. But it was the opposite end zone. And Marquise Walker made what I believe is one of the greatest plays I've ever seen at Kinnick Stadium. That one-handed grab over a freshman by the name of Betty Sapp. Made a play over him. That Marquise Walker uh, catch was absolutely unbelievable. Who had a nice career in the NFL, by the way, after he got kicked off Iowa. Benny Sapp, yeah. Yeah, he did. So... Hey, look, oh. I, I I got the play right here. You want to hear it? It, it just popped up as I was looking for something. I mean, on you want to hear me cry on the radio, let's do it. Play clock at five. Play clock at one as they snap it. Navarre, all kinds of time to the end zone. What a catch! Touchdown, Walker! Making up for the drop in acrobatic fashion. Much money did he have on that game? Oh, stop. Stop. It was an oh, unbelievable play. Oh, the first, Brent Musburger, please. <laughs> that play was ridiculous. Benny, uh, it was. he wasn't a freshman, though. He was a junior at the time. Who was? Benny Sapp. Who well, he gave... only played one year at UNI? N- Right, yeah. Because if you remember, the big hubbub was leading up to the 2002 season. As we know, Iowa went off and played unbelievable because after Betty Sapp was kicked off the team, well, the Hawkeyes were down to a couple of freshmen back there. Antoine Walker and Jovan Johnson as freshmen, one a true freshman, one a redshirt freshman, uh, playing back there. Antoine Allen. Antoine Allen? Am I remembering right? My yeah, 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 that's his name. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That 2002 Iowa football team. That was a question mark. And they gave up plenty of uh, big plays throughout that season. The offense, though, was just so good that it covered it up. Well, what's funny about about the Benny Sapp thing is I don't believe he ever got in trouble with the law. So so this is interesting with our D-back, our cornerback this year that's gotten a one-game suspension. You know, this, none of this made the law, as far as I'm concerned, with Benny Sapp. He got kicked off the team for just breaking team rules too many times. Am I wrong there? Let's see. I'm uh, I don't reading think an he article. Got in trouble with the law. I really don't. Oh yeah, he did. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm reading an article from the Quad City Times. Steve Batterson, August 9th, two thousand two. As we go back fifteen years ago. Good God, Wolfgang. Oh, We're getting yeah. old. Like yesterday. Wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> let's see. 
Ferentz informed his team of the decision at meetings, da, 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 uh, saying the reasons extended beyond his arrest early Sunday morning on public in-tax charges. So he had that. That happened, but there was more than just that. He was charged with public intoxication, disorderly conduct, and interference with official acts at 2.14 a.m. after an incident at the Ped Mall and got in trouble. According to the arrest report, police patrolling the area witnessed that pushing a young woman into a building and causing her head to hit a window. Yeah, dismissed. Easy enough. Yeah, I did. Yep, okay. Didn't remember that. And what do you think about as a U and I fan? What do you think about them taking him? It's, it's interesting sure. when somebody kicks somebody off a team, but then they go to another place, especially in-state, that you're a fan of. What, what was, I mean, what's your opinion on that? I personally was all for it because of the talent. And mm-hmm. looking back, I remember at the time I was also you know, 21 years old and, yeah. <laughs> and excited about a guy coming. I, In fact, uh, Benny and I were at you and I at the same time, and I knew Benny a little bit. And uh, helped Benny one time uh, get his way home. He was not able to make it there. And uh, I helped him out. Helped him get into a young lady's vehicle that was uh, taking him home. And saw Benny around. I had a lot of classes over where he did also. So, yeah, I got to know Benny a little bit. And uh, didn't handle his alcohol very well. Well, you and, I, you and I made millions of dollars. Seriously. Yes, right. I mean, how right. many, I can't think, I don't know how many years offhand he was, was it with the Chiefs, and then I'm trying to think who else he was with, but I mean, I'm, I don't know how much money he made, but they made him a lot of money by them accepting him in, giving him a second chance, and bringing him in, um, and he did the job. He did the job, and he was, he was, he played. He literally played in the NFL, not just that. He literally played. I watched him a number of times, so. Yeah, it would have been nice for a Hawkeye fan here, but who likes you and I, for uh, Benny Sapp to have been at Iowa, but that didn't happen. So reading a little bit more, earlier that summer, July 14th, uh, Benny Sapp suffered a stab wound under his left arm at the press box. Uh, was told, though, that he was just wrong place at the wrong time, according to owners of the establishment. This September before, back in 2001, he was a suspect following an assault that took place at Etcetera. No formal charges were filed at that one, though. Uh, so there were a few things. It wasn't just a one-off event, though his mother in this article from Steve Batterson thinks that he was treated unfairly by the university and by police. Mama, pick, you know, picking up for her boy there. That's right. Yeah, no. But, yeah, oh, it would have been so good to have him at Iowa. And it, it throws me back to it. So he would have been on the... 2002 Orange Bowl team, right? He would have been a senior on that team, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Imagine him out what? there, yeah. I mean, play, playing alongside with Antoine Allen and Jovan Johnson. They probably wouldn't have even had to play Jovan maybe as a freshman that year. He would have been able to redshirt, have an extra season of eligibility. He would have been there then, 03 to 06. Ah, changes. You just never know, do you? No, but you're talking about rivalries and stuff like that. I consider, okay, which team would I hate to lose to most? Okay. That's Iowa State by far. Mm-hmm. Okay? Back when I used to own the business and all these places I had to go and talk to, and the people would always, they knew I was a Hawkeye fan. The crap I took, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Good-natured crap, smiling in a wink, had no problem with it. I'd have probably done the same thing, or maybe I would have been snotty and acted like the game didn't even happen. That's how I do things sometimes. Oh, they played? I didn't realize that. 
But uh, the game that I really, really, and you know this, Wisconsin, that is what I consider myself. I don't know other Hawkeye fans. I'm not going to speak for them like in politics where everybody speaks for everybody else and blah, blah, blah. I'm not speaking for every Hawkeye fan. I'm speaking for myself. Wisconsin is the game I get most animated about and want to beat them so freaking bad. Iowa State, on the other hand, is the team I hate to lose to most because what we have to deal with in state. Yep. And when it happens, if you're living in eastern Iowa and you're not having a lot of Cyclone fans around you, it's not that big of a deal. But again, it's where you live. That's what it continues to come back to. Hey, Wolfgang, we need to take a break. We'll come back with more on the other side. College football gets going. Football, high school football starts tonight. We made it through the summer. Can you believe it? I can't. We did it. Somehow, one way or another, we did it. Back with more Wolfgang. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. We come back here in a moment. Welcome back. It's Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Here until 3 o'clock. Time change next week. Jimmy B and TC moves to drive time 4 until 6 o'clock on the Big Talker 1700. And myself along with Ken Miller, the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon, starts on Monday noon until 2. Well, Wolfgang, uh, we talked a lot of Hawkeye football, took some treks down memory lane, talked rivalries. But before I forget, you're a fight guy. You You enjoy the sweet science. You enjoy... A multitude of different things as it pertains to the UFC, boxing, all that. So I'm leaving this open-ended. What are we going to get Mayweather-McGregor tomorrow night? Oh, man. Dude, I love, okay, love MMA, and I really, really like boxing. I've seen Mayweather's probably seven out of his last ten fights, something like that. I I can't guarantee that, but it's something like that. But I am a McGregor groupie. Absolutely love him. I love the way he speaks. I love his confidence. I love the way he says what he's going to do and then does it when everybody doubts him. That's what he's doing now. Back, if you don't know his history, he was the hundred, he said he was going to clean out the 145 pound division in MMA in the UFC. Did it. Beat a guy that was pound for pound, hadn't lost for 10 years, hadn't lost for 10 years in, uh, in the UFC and beat him in 13 seconds. Everybody was looking at him like he was crazy. They went on the same press, same world tour that uh, Connor and Floyd did. Okay, This doesn't bother, bother Connor. Connor is as cool as you will ever find in any sport ever. We talk about this with Iowa basketball, Trent, and guys that have confidence in themselves or in basketball when you have to believe that you can do it. This dude believes he can do it. This dude believes he can beat Floyd Money Mayweather. Should you buy it? Absolutely. Because if something happens and you miss this, you just miss the 1980 hockey Russians versus USA. Okay? He has a 1.5% chance of winning this. And I'm a groupie. He just, there's no way you can point Floyd Money Mayweather to death for 12 rounds. If Connor went into that fight saying, I just want to make it 12 rounds, and people will respect that because it's a different sport, he could do it. That's not how he does things. He's going to go in there trying to win the fight. He could make it 12 rounds if he wanted to. He could do a little you know, stuff and just make it 12 rounds. Hopefully, hopefully his cardio would hold up. But these people that are saying they're fans of Floyd Money Mayweather, why and how? You're fans of watching him because you want him to lose? The guy is the most – you have to be a hardcore boxing fan, Trent, to want to watch Connor, to watch Floyd Money Mayweather fight, because it literally is the sweet science. He 
barely has gotten hit his entire career. Five or six times where it was even somewhat significant. There are hardcore boxing fans that think Connor won't even hit him once significantly. I mean, this, it's, it's crazy. And now all the money, have you seen the betting line strength? Well, I, I saw yesterday, I think was the last time I looked at it. This thing opened up and Mayflower, uh, Mayweather was like minus 2,500. Now he's down to <laughs> minus 500. I mean, what's going on and, there? No offense to you people. You're stupid. Okay? <laughs> You're, I love Conor McGregor. Again, he has no shot. There's no way it goes 12 rounds and he outpoints him. I guess if he has a shot, it's to knock him out with eight-ounce gloves, which they do in boxing right now, versus four-ounce in the UFC. That's, I guess, his chance to knock him out. But in boxing, when you knock somebody down, Trent, you can't jump on them and ground ground and pound them. It has to be a one-shot knockout. He goes down, he gets ten seconds to get back up. It's completely different. How often have you seen them boxing lately where you see a one-shot knockout? You don't see a ton of that anymore. You just don't. And I'm, I think I heard there were 70, you see, you like this, this Vegas stuff. I was listening to Dana White say this stuff. $75 million was bet on uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Pacquiao, okay. which was the most ever. This is going to double that. Double, double it. That. It's, it's trending to double it. That's what they said in terms of bets. I, I, I would assume they mean Vegas. Is that what they? I'm, I assume that's what he means. Probably, yeah. Paper, yeah. Pay per view is trending, trending to beat it because UFC has all sorts of streaming stuff that boxing hasn't even thought of. Boxing is just in the old ages, man. I'm just telling you. And the only thing that's pissing me off is because I'm going to be real sad Saturday night because a lot of the boxers are tar- starting to talk smack. And let me tell you what the boxers won't do, Trent. They won't talk smack to Conor McGregor's face because he will kick them in the leg kick them in the face, punch him in the face, get a rear naked choke, and they'll be out. And they'll have to tap. The, the, the boxers are really starting to piss me off, and it's making me not like the sport that they don't realize that there's a difference. Maybe they are irritated that they don't think Connor thinks there's a difference. Maybe they do think that, and I would understand that. But every MMA fighter that I've heard gives respects to, respect to boxers. I don't, I don't hear the boxers give respects to the UFC fighters. Now, I'm guessing if it was face-to-face out in the street, yeah, you'd see him smile and try to, try to calm the situation down because it's, it's hands versus everything. And if anybody thinks Floyd Mayweather would even have, I'm telling you, a 1% chance of winning, it would, he, Conor McGregor would destroy him. Floyd Mayweather is a wuss. If you saw the, uh, golden, uh, the golden boy, uh, fight a while back. Um, he just moved Floyd around wherever he wanted. Now, Floyd pitter-patters you to death. He does a good job of that. He wins points. He wins rounds. That's why I'm saying there's no chance of Connor actually winning the fight on points. Even if you have the most corrupt boxing judges in the history of the world, it's not happening. But he's got to guess a one-and-a-half shot percent of a knockout, I guess. Should you watch it? Yes, you should. Get some friends together. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch. But, but the boxers laughing and, and watching Connor's, you know, shadow boxing or whatever, you better stop your boxing because if you ever catch you on the street, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go down, and it would be in under 60 seconds. But you don't give him a shot to win this fight. 
No, he has no shot. There's no kicking. There's no elbows. There's no takedown. Floyd would be one of the worst. And I understand you might you might have a uh, you might have an MMA or a uh, Las Vegas guy or a, somebody to talk about this fight and ask him about this. Ask him about the percentage chance that Floyd would have if they actually fought in an octagon. There would be freaking no chance. Mm-hmm. And Floyd is one of the worst boxers. He would be one of the worst boxers in, in MMA because he is weak. He can be pushed around so easily. Somebody would take him down so easily it would be embarrassing. Now, his jab, all that stuff is just fantastic, unbelievable in boxing. But the boxers better watch out what they're doing with laughing at You know, do you see the Showtime guy that's going to do what the heck, Pally Maliganalia, whatever the heck his name is? You see him go up to Connor yesterday, basically try to pimp him for a fight. Yeah, you, you son of a bleep, you blah, blah, blah. You better watch what you do. I'm telling you, this guy's crazy. That's not a good thing. <laughs> and he's supposed to, I've heard anywhere from $75 million, I heard somebody say $75 million yesterday. I've also heard people in the know say 112 to $125 million Connor's going to make. That seems a little high, but everybody says it's trending to beat Pacquiao Mayweather. So if you want to miss this fight and be a curmudgeon like some of the boxing or snobs or whoever, just get together with some friends, have some beers, you know, have some nachos, grill some steaks, and watch the fight. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it, and it's the reason you get together with friends. But yeah, Connor has no chance, and I'm I love that man. Seriously, he's one of my favorite athletes in sports because he makes it entertaining. Interesting. Well, good thoughts on that, Wolfgang. It's good to get your take. I know you love your UFC, you love McGregor, and you, another one that gives him no shot. I'm thinking about taking out the uh, little Ella's college account and just throwing it all out there on Mayweather. Not a whole lot of return, <laughs> right? But it's a lot. You know what? You know what? If I I would do the same, you've heard about those Las Vegas, is it the Maloof brothers that you stole them, the Kings? Is yep, that their name? Yep. Yeah, they they put a ton of money on it, and I think if they win, they'll win 125, 125K or something, they're going to give it to uh, charity. But, yeah, you see all the Sharks coming in now, Trent, betting millions you know, of dollars and putting it on Mayweather because all the – I think it's 90% of the bet, okay? So for the people that don't follow Vegas or odds or anything like that, the people that are betting, 90% of the actual bets are coming in on Connor. But I think it's 74% of the money – is coming on Floyd, and that's still not enough. It should be 99.9% of the money coming in on Floyd. And I hate to say that because I can't stand Floyd. Can't stand him. And go, Connor. And let me tell you something. If he, if Connor somehow figures out a way to win this and go 1980 hockey versus uh, USA versus Russia, I will be at Clear Lake running around the lake naked, screaming right after. So nobody had your cameras out, but I've, I've already bet that. That's my bet. No money. I'm not putting any money on it, but that's what I will be doing at Clear Lake. So stay away from Clear Lake. <laughs> it's easy to bet when you're not making an actual bet with money. I mean, that, that's an easy thing to do, Wolfgang. You know what? I'd rather change that right now. I'm, my big mouth got me into trouble. So I'd rather give up money than do what I just said I was going to have to do. <laughs> So that's what's happening for Wolfgang Head this weekend. He's going to be out there being a crazy man. And uh, are you going to get the fight? You going somewhere for the fight? What's the plan? Yeah, we'll be at Clear Lake. We're getting. Um, we don't have Direct TV up there because obviously you're always out on the lake and you don't need any of that crap up there. But we're getting Apple TV, and then you can get it from Showtime app from the Showtime app, and then stream it up there. So we're going to be able to watch it up there. 
So Sweet. I'm still pumped to watch it. We'll see if I'm technically savvy enough to do it. If I'm not, I'm going to literally get in the car and drive about 140 miles an hour home to Des Moines and watch it. So <laughs> that's that's your game plan, huh? Yeah, that's, that's I'm I'm expecting the worst. Okay, I'm hoping for the best, expecting the worst. I'm expecting me not to be able to figure this out on Apple TV and Showtime app or whatever. You can do it on I think UFC app as well. People have been asking me this crap, so people <laughs> want to know how you could do it. If that's that's how you could do it if you don't have Directv or any of that stuff. And so that's what we're going to have to do at Clear Lake. But yeah, that's my plan. See if the pre uh, fights come up. If they don't come up, and I can't figure it out within about fifteen. I'm in my car driving 120 home. My man, Wolfgang. Well, enjoy the fight. Thanks for helping me out. And, yes, uh, I don't know much about it. It has not engaged me. I know it's something that is important, something that sports fans are excited for. And you know what? I'll break down. I'll watch the thing. I'll probably pay for it, and I'll be disappointed after this thing ends in the first round. (laughs) I I think it's going to be over quickly. You're going against... You're having an untrained man go up against one of the best fighters of all time. It doesn't seem like a recipe for success. But I would agree with you. I would disagree. I think Connor, if he wanted, could go to 12. But he'd have to be a wuss, and that's not his nature. Sure. He will go at him. So it could be fun. We'll see. He's not going to win. But, I mean, he's not He's not just going to pussyfoot around. It'll be, it's got to be better than Pacquiao. That was the biggest piece <sighs> of crap I've ever seen in my life. Tell me anyway. about it. Yeah. With that, Wolfgang, we are out of time. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for that, you, man. Bye bye. That's Wolfgang Hawkeye on Twitter is where you can find him talking Hawks, and, and you know he'll be talking about the fight a lot this week. We'll take a break back with more Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker seventeen hundred. All right, welcome back, Trent Condon, back with you here, and I'm joined by Anders Olson, who's here in studio with me. Anders, uh, high school football kicking off Friday night. Our week one game will be Urbandale at Waukee. And you're helping us out over at the Rookie Sports Card, memorabilia, and everything else over there with some high school football coverage. Looking forward to another great football year. Hey, this is a really exciting uh, time of the year. Happy to be a part of the uh, football coverage that you're doing this this fall. It's going to be a lot of fun, certainly. And uh, with that, trading cards, memorabilia, everything you guys have at the Rookie. For maybe people that haven't seen you for a while, know the name the Rookie. You guys have been around for a long time here in central Iowa. But a, a decently new location. You guys moved, what, about a year back or so? Yeah, coming up on two years in wow. October, and it's been a fantastic move for us. Uh, new spaces. I've got a lot of nice positive feedback from the new space. So Great place. Wide open. More room, too? Yeah, it's quite, uh, quite a bit bigger than the old yeah. shop was, and collectors are a lot, lot more collectors coming in, so it's exciting times for us. Well, uh, football season upon us now. Cards have been out for a little while. What's the hot card for 2017? What are what are the collectors looking for here right now? This uh, summer in baseball has just been over the top uh, with Aaron Judge uh, ah. being a rookie this year. The collectors are really going crazy for his cards. It's been a really really hot year for uh, Topps baseball in particular. Interesting. There's also a lot of hype kind of leading into the uh, basketball season. There's mm-hmm. some uh, really deep draft class in basketball, and people are calling me up asking for Lorenzo Ball autographs all <laughs> yeah. summer long. So. Yeah, Lonzo Ball, number two pick on his way to the Lakers, uh, and the young kids love him. I, I even his dad, the young kids seem to love. You, you hear the stories of him at AU tournaments and the surrounding hype. Is that what you're seeing the the youngsters really all about Lonzo Ball? I've uh, every year I see more and more young collectors uh, coming into the shop, so it's really positive and uh, a, lot, a lot of young people collecting, which is exciting for me. 
Well, for us old people that have been around for a while, you know, uh, my collection, I like to get, you know, the rookies here from the state of Iowa in their college uniforms. That's something that I always are out there. Desmond King, I'm going to guess, uh, he was a fifth-round pick. Are there many Des King cards out there right now? Uh, uh, there's a few out there and seeing a little more C.J. Befford yeah, yeah. getting pulled out of packs. So hopefully he'll uh, have a good career. Right. Now, now with that... And you got the locals, but who are some of the other, you know, bigger nationally? And Mitch Trubisky, who has been really good. That first preseason game for the Bears was really good. Seen a lot of Bears fans coming in looking for Trubisky stuff. I think Bears fans are uh, pretty optimistic uh, right now. Uh, I'm I'm a Bears fan and hoping uh, hoping they go all the way this year. But I don't know. We'll see what happens with the. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Uh, any other names, rookie-wise, people uh, searching for in the NFL? Is maybe somebody trying to grab that rookie before they blow up? Anything like that? Any names you're liking, Anders? Uh, it's kind of not just nice. Uh, like if you're a fan of the, a college team, those uh, players are always really popular this time of the year. And uh, we'll see what happens when the season kicks off. I would expect uh, things to get pretty hot. Well, not just uh, trading cards that you guys do out at the rookie. You have a lot of great memorabilia, signs, some autographs out there. Uh, love the jerseys that you have hanging up. So if people, hey, sports cards not your thing anymore, but you're more into the collectibles in, in that avenue, let everybody know what you guys have out at the Rookie. Yeah, I've been really uh, trying to build up the memorabilia side of the business the last couple of years, and I've been uh, collecting you know, quite a bit of uh, new stuff every month. And uh, you know, it's great for gifts. Uh, if your dad's a big fan of sports, you know, you stop in, maybe pick him out something for Christmas or his birthday. It works pretty well. So uh, a lot out there. The autograph. And what did I see the other day? There, there was a couple. What do you guys have up there? The autograph jerseys. Those always grab my attention right away as you have them up there. Uh, give us a couple names uh, that you have up. Well, I uh, my favorite one is uh, Walter Payton, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the one a... that grabbed my eye. I have my Payton jersey hanging up down in my basement, but uh, there's a, a signed one. I think I have a you know a Brett Far hang Brett Favre hanging up there. There's a. Uh, Terry Bradshaw is a new one I just picked nice. up. I, I like I've been collecting quite a few different Bears jerseys. So mm-hmm. I've got a framed Jim McMahon coming nice. soon. Nice, yeah, good stuff. See, that's why Anders is such a good guy. He's a Bears fan, a downtrodden one like myself. Uh, we'll fight through this, though, Anders. <laughs> Hope for the future. Anything could happen at this point. Not this year, though. <laughs> not <laughs> okay, this year. Not this probably year. not. I'm not ready to go down that line. Anders out at the rookie. Stop on out there and uh, see Anders. All the great things that they have: the collectibles. The sporting cards, uh, upper deck tops. What, what else, uh, football wise? Is there a certain brand that is uh, maybe gaining some traction right now? A new brand, anything different than uh, what us old school guys? You know, guy like me that grew up in the '80s, where you had the three, you had Fleer, Tops, Donruss, and then you had Upper Deck. And now seems like there's a ton. Is is that still the case? Uh, there's they've kind of switched to exclusive license. So Panini is the company that has the uh, NFL license to produce oh. uh, licensed trading cards, and uh, they'll they'll put out several uh, nice brands through the season. One of the newest ones that has just came out is called Spectra, and that's selling pretty well. Nice. So a little bit different, but trading cards always evolving, right? Yeah, it's kind of a great time to be a collector. When I was a kid growing up in the 80s, cards were pretty basic, but now there's a lot of technology that goes into the cards. Your collectors are opening packs and finding autograph cards, and uh, some of the rookie cards of today's players are uh, selling for crazy amounts, so it's it's pretty fun. So uh, before we let you go, Anders, i got to tell you my favorite collecting story. So I take you back to... Oh, it would have been 1991, I believe. 
and I'm up in Minneapolis visiting my cousins over the summer. I always went up there for a week. They went to this huge card shop. Uh, we went out there, it seemed like, every day. And I opened up a pack, and it was of the Pro Set. Remember the Pro Set NFL cards? And yep. it was a rookie card for a pretty good player. Can't remember who it was, but there was two. And it was like there was an extra card in the pack. I'm like, oh, this is great. It was probably a $5 card that turns out to be a dollar here now. But I was excited about it, so I buy another pack. This time... It's the next pack in the in the box. There's Troy Aikman, a Troy Aikman rookie, and another Troy Aikman rookie, and a third Troy Aikman rookie out of that pro set set that were basically stuck together. Took them apart. There wasn't any damage to the cards. And uh, the shop owner, he, he was incredibly frustrated. Some dorky kid came in there and uh, walked out of there with the Aikman rookie card. So that was uh, the luck that I've had and probably the only time of pulling something good out of a pack. Well, that's a great memory that you've taken away from yeah. that time era. That's that's awesome. And even with Aikman, never liked Aikman, but I knew, hey, I got three of his rookie cards. That's well, a good thing. Opening packs is the best. It is. What do they call it? Ripping? Yep. Shredding boxes and Shredding ripping boxes, packs. Ripping packs. I need to get back there. I'll be out there soon. Anders, the rookie. Everybody stop on out there. See Anders if you're looking for some sports cards, maybe looking to get your, your young guy or lady interested in the trading. And uh, it's not just sports, too. You guys have a few other things out there also. Yeah, there's lots of different uh, non-sports uh, things that we're doing. Like, um, you know, there's Pokemon's pretty popular yep. with younger kids. We've started carrying Pokemon cards in the last uh, year or so. And then movie cards that come out, like Star Wars, yeah. there's sets like that that come out throughout the year. Well, it's a great place, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. It's the Rookie. Anders, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me on, Trent. That's Anders Olsen from The Rookie. Stop on out. Great memorabilia out there. Trading cards and a lot more. The Rookie in Clive. A proud sponsor of high school football here on 1700 KBGG. Tonight, Waukee hosting Urbandale, our Central Iowa Game of the Week. We get things started at 7 o'clock and here with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Scores from across the state after the game goes final. We have you covered on 1700. With that, we welcome Jimmy B back in, and uh, well, that'll do it, Jim. We are finished here with our time slot. We'll be making the big change, you and me, four until six coming up on Monday. Drive time, real sports talk for the real sports fans out there. Myself and Ken Miller being doing things from noon until two every day. Changes are afoot, but uh, looking forward to drive time. And it just gives people uh, an option uh, that we hope that they will uh, sample us and see how they like us. Uh, look, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Big changes here at seventeen hundred, and with my old partner Ken Miller jumping on board with us, taking over the noon to two slot. Uh, then we'll go national with Tiki and Turney from two until four, and then you and I will occupy the uh, evening drive home. So this is great stuff for 1700, partner. Yeah, more local programming. It's what people want. We've heard from the people, and we are listening. Our high school sports coverage for the 2017-18 calendar year kicks off tonight. It'll be Urbandale at Waukee. And, Jim, making my way out to Warrior Stadium right now. Get to head out there, get some things set up. Got to pick up uh, our big banner that we're going to have flying out there. And if you're by the press box, hey, stop by, say hello. I always love to see the peeps out there. You know. 
just like I know, you. I know. You're, yeah, you got you. You're a peeps kind of guy. Uh, look for Trent. He'll be the guy in the baseball hat. You got it. Well, no, I, yeah. I look, you know, I dress up a little bit more now. You know that as I'm. Oh, you do. I'm out there yes. on the sales trail a little bit more. So you got to look presentable. Eh, maybe tonight calling the game, I might put a ball cap on, though. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. I know you. You and I are both ball cap guys. That's great stuff. Brinson. Anyway, look, I, I, I look forward to hearing you tonight. It's going to be fun. It'll be a good one. Urbandale at Waukee starts at 7 o'clock all the way through 11 with the scoreboard show on 1700. With that, we're out of time, Jimmy B. I'll talk to you on Monday at 4 o'clock p.m. What do you think of that? Can't wait, man. I just can't wait. This is going to be terrific. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you then on Monday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Jimmy B and TC, it's the Big Talker, 1700.